RadioInfluence.com. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10 12 60 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Crushell. We're your weekly source for performance information. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, if you have any questions, comments, smart remarks, please do reach out. If you need some help or if you have a topic you'd like us to investigate, crushperformance.com is the website. Info at crushperformance is our email. And if you do need some help or you do have a topic, listen, we've dedicated segments, even entire episodes to your ideas. And in our network of people that we've just been lucky enough to meet over the years, we don't have the answer to your question we will reach out and get that answer so please do write in we've been getting a lot of really good emails lately and we really appreciate it as much as we pride ourselves in getting you thinking about things you might not be thinking about you guys really really do get us thinking as well it's a great great team relationship today a really big show and we have to get right at it here because we've got a lot to talk about Episode number four of the Crush 2022 theme, Organizational and Team Performance. Today, we're going to talk with performance coach Phil Toll, who's been accredited as being one of the key players, if not the sole reason that Metallica is still together. In the early 2000s, Metallica was going through a really, really hard time. The band was falling apart and breaking up. And they brought in performance coach Phil Toll to see if they could figure out a way to get it back together. And one of the things that was mentioned by Lars Ulrich, who is one of the founding members and the drummer for the band, he said at that time, you know, we've been together for 20 years as a band and we've never had a conversation about how we feel or about our goals and objectives. We've never really communicated outside of just rocking and rolling and putting together great music. And this is the era where uh, some kind of monster came around. And that's kind of what that story is all about. Phil Toll was brought in to see if they couldn't repair the damage and bring the band back together. Now, Metallica was one of my favorite bands growing up. Just great music. If you really listen to what they've done and they really resonated with a huge audience out there, as we all know for sure. But I do remember the rumors of the band potentially falling apart, breaking apart. And I thought, how could that be possible? These guys are on top of the world. They're doing something incredibly special. And here they are having problems. Now, I came across Phil Toll not too long ago through this COVID madness as everything was shut down and uh, the kids were struggling. We have three daughters here at different ages, right? And they were all struggling, finishing school, done school, trying to get jobs. And, you know, in high school, everything shut down. So my wife and I, for their birthdays and for Christmas, got the memberships to masterclass, right? So we have a culinary enthusiast in the family, one of our daughters, and she is fantastic. But we got... Uh, Mastercraft for her because Gordon Ramsay and the barbecue guys and there's so many great chefs on Masterclass that just share ideas and stories. It's really really cool. And one of our daughters is into the performing arts and production. So you know you got Jodie Foster and Ron Howard and all these screenwriters and musicians on there talking about the process of developing creativity. And then one of our daughters is in architecture and interior design. They have a whole catalog of some of the world's greatest designers and architects. So we thought. What a great gift for the girls as, you know, everything's shut down. They can really get in there and, and, you know, 
see what's going on in their industries. It's a really, really great thing. And the girls loved it. But at one point here, not too long ago, I got started. My phone started pinging, ping, 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 ping. And the girls are like, dad, Metallica's got a masterclass. Metallica's got a masterclass. I'm going, oh, baby. All right. Because you guys know how much I love music. You know, I'm fascinated by uh, a good band's ability to create sounds that we've never heard before. And not only that, but to work together to create sounds that just that just uh, move people. Right. Whether it's our uh, classic or philharmonic orchestras or whether it's our rock bands or our solo artists. I'm really incredibly fascinated by by the music in the music industry. And, you know, we've had Whale and the Wolf in studio. We've had the guys talking about songwriting. You know, we've reached out to uh, Brian May, the lead guitarist for Queen, and he's been traveling and doing a bunch of stuff. So we haven't been able to connect, but we're working to see if we can't get him on the show to talk about that incredible story of Queen. We've gone back and forth with Carolyn Don Johnson, country music star, who wrote songs for Faith Hill and a number of other incredible artists. Uh, she was on tour with the Eagles, I believe, at some point. So we haven't been able to get her on. But I've always been fascinated by this world of music. We're talking about talent, talent development, but not just the individuals and how they get so great at their craft, but how these individuals come together to create music. It's a fascinating world. And so I'm getting these messages from the girls that Metallica has a masterclass. And I knew exactly what I was going to do that Saturday. It was a cold, snowy Saturday. There was nothing going on. It was COVID. Everything shut down. So I knew exactly what I was going to do with my Saturday. It was going into a weekend. And on that Saturday, I logged in at like 10 in the morning. And I went through their entire masterclass. And let me tell you something. It's fantastic. It really, truly is. And it, it transcends music. We're talking about organizational performance. We're talking about individual mastery of these instruments and their crafts, but then bringing it together. But one of the most interesting parts of that entire masterclass is this time when they started talking about the early to mid 2000s when the band was falling apart. And in retrospect, they discuss why the band was falling apart and what happened and how they brought in Phil and how Phil encouraged them get things together and start communicating. And you could go on Phil's website and you can see testimonials from the band members crediting him for saving the band. And when I heard that, I automatically started Googling Phil and getting into his world to see what he was all about. And we reached out, connected and had a great conversation. And I am so so glad to have him on the show today as we get into episode number four of our theme this year, organizational and team performance. Listen, imagine you're a member of one of the greatest bands of all time. You're creating new music. And every time you get up on the stage, you're putting yourself out there. Now, as you're an established veteran band, things are a little different because you got your fan base. But imagine starting out with new music and trying to crack into that world, right? What an incredible adventure, but you're putting yourself out there like any actor, like any musician, like any athlete, you're in the spotlight, you're on television. And that's a big thing, putting it together and getting the people around you that's going to help you be successful. Well, that's kind of what this story is all about. So I reached out to Phil and he's agreed to come on the show and I can't wait to get into this conversation. So let's do it. I'm very, very happy to introduce performance coach. Phil Toll. Phil, thank you so much for joining us here on Crush Performance. You know, with everything that's going on in the world, 
We're just coming out of COVID. We've got unrest in the Far East with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, we got no CBA. There's a lot of things people are dealing with, and it can sometimes feel a little overwhelming. Well, just getting on the show was overwhelming in terms of doing, working the working <laughs> the electronics yet, but it's great to be here. Well, thank you so much. You know, Phil, our one of our our main theme for this year is organizational and team performance. Last year, we were focusing on talent and talent ID and the brain game, which is such a incredibly vast and interesting area to to dive into. And when we talk about the brain game, you know, everybody thinks about it's it's psychology and the mental game, but there's so much more to this brain, this thing inside of our heads than than just uh you know, the psychology part, we're talking about learning, perception, attitude, personality, so many things that come along that make us who we are, I guess. You're absolutely right about that. How's your brain working right now? Well, it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing, doing all right coming off my back surgery, which is a real trying time for me personally. You know, I am not going to lie to you. This whole COVID thing really disrupted our lives and our business for sure. Like many, many people. And now we're seeing something going on in, in the Far East that's out of our control, but incredibly worrying as well. And I'm not, I'm not alone here if I watch the news. And these are all kinds of things that maybe just make us human. Is that fair to say, Phil? Well, Jeff, I, I like the way you started off because, I mean, we have to manage ourselves. And when we have something like a physical malady or something that's, that reminds us every day that there's something we need to address, that's that's part of the self mastery. That's part of being able to 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 uh, get the help we need in the situations that call for it. And it, uh, I imagine that you did a lot of work mentally and emotionally to to accompany your your back uh, healing. Yeah, there's no question about that. And that was one of the most trying things. I didn't realize that chronic pain and the stress of a physical injury would affect me so much mentally, you know, and it's sort of given me a yes. perspective, Phil, that I just haven't had before. And, and, you know, after now, now that I'm on the other side of this thing, I think it's just, it's going to serve me well, if that makes sense. Of course it makes sense. And I think for everybody listening who has uh, some kind of an issue internally, physically, emotionally, mentally, each of those situations, as you know, is an opportunity for us to master ourselves. I mean, the, the initial reaction we have to it is that of, you know, usually fear or consternation, uh, obviously concern. But when we get into it, like you did, and what, what and accompany that which you had done, I imagine surgery, some kind of surgery, right? Yeah, yeah. Is a, then, is a, so that that we that we have to pray for the doctors to make that do to their part. But the healing part, and then the preparation, even mental preparation for the surgery, has to be something that uh, Jeff Cruchel had to, had to work on right yeah yeah i did and i was it was and my first it was my first major su surgery so i you know I've, I've sat in on surgeries you know with my athletes with shoulder surgeries and knee surgeries right i kind of wanted to be there to see you know what the doctors were saying what's in there so i could maybe understand what's going on and help them rehab better but i've never been in a surgery so again that's something that i probably you know in my world is going to serve me well as my athletes go through this same process i have a better understanding of what they're going through Absolutely. And that's another reason for us being able to go through our own crises, because those of us who are helping others like you do so well uh, need to be understanding of what it is that that individual or individuals are going through. And it helps if we've gone through and mastered our own situations. Uh, much it, That's much more important to be able to do, do that. And we bring credibility to the other situation, to the to those that we serve. 
So when you were talking about, were you bringing up the crises that are present, the external crises that are present nowadays in our world, that, you know, COVID, uh, which is, uh, seemingly, seems like is abating at this particular point which in time, but we don't know. And then, of course, the Ukrainian situation. Here's the way that I've been looking at it through my lens, and, and maybe this will be helpful to some people. I know that I can donate money. I know that I can do certain things in a limited way to help the cause, right? But ultimately, what borrowing from what we've been talking about so far, it's important for me, whatever I do in those situations, to have some sense of mastery over myself. So... What I, the way I'm looking at it, and this may, I'm sure this will seem a little bit bizarre, but it's, I'm just throwing it out there spontaneously, is I'm looking at the, the, there is a bully in Vladimir Putin who is victimizing uh, people lying to, to his own co- country and is, is, uh, is attacking the Ukraine and manipulating the truth in, as he does so. And my job is to look at the part of me that I'm projecting onto that experience. That's my first step. When I'm looking at the courageous Ukrainians in response, especially someone like uh, Zelensky, the president, I am in great admiration of, of a person like that who's willing to stand up to the bully. How many times have I deferred to somebody bullying me, pushing me around because I didn't want to get into a fight or I didn't want to stand up for my what my principles were, and I didn't, and I and I cowardly exited by trying to uh, ameliorate the situation instead of really represent my truth in those in those circumstances. Those two sides of, it, of are just two sides of an equation that Phil Toll needs to pay attention to. And what I like to do when I'm feeling like I'm healthy is I like to look at external events as a projection of my own opportunity as like a metaphor for my own uh, evolution. And I want to stand up to the Phil Toll and make the changes in Phil Toll that bring greater credibility to what I would stand for when I when I would talk about what's going on in the Ukraine or dealing with uh, COVID and other issues that, that come up readily every day. I believe that there's a part of me that can get addicted to living my life according to what's going on outside of me, reacting to, to the external events in a way that I haven't at least acknowledged and first looked inside my own personality and, and observed things that I need to address that this external event triggers in me. So I, when I'm doing that, I feel like right now when I'm talking, I get kind of excited about this. I feel like I'm serving the overall cause by learning about Phil Toll and positioning Phil to be better as a human being. Any thoughts about that, Jeff? Oh, no, I really like it. And I guess, you know, if I, if I really understand what you're saying here, this, you can apply this to every aspect of your life mm. as a husband, as a Absolutely. father, as a manager or a boss or, or an employer or as a coach or as an athlete in your sport. I think you could probably take that kind of framework and apply it to everything you do. And, and Phil, I, I, I think I really like here sort of the separation between really identifying those things you can't control and framing it up and putting it in and focusing on the things you can control. Would that be fair? Absolutely well said. And, that's, and when I do, you know, just talking about this with you, I feel empowered. Yeah. Now, obviously, I mean, I, I, I still maintain the perspective that I do about what's going on externally in the war. 
But then I take it, I, I go to another step. I look at what I think is happening in our society. In our, in our society as a whole, I believe that uh, if I'm going to take care of business inside of Phil Toll, I, I need to look at America. And I believe that America, my country, is a country that is a, is a mirror reflection of some of the same things that we're talking about that are going on in a more devastating way, life-threatening way, in Russia and, and in Ukraine. America has positioned itself with its fragmentation and divisiveness. America has, has positioned itself, ourselves, in the same way. We just It's just not, we can hide behind the fact that we're not blowing up another, right now we're not blowing up another country, right? We are guilty of the same kinds of attitudes, of the arrogance, the kind of um, belief system that we're, that, you know, that we're the, the best country in the world. And we're losing grip on that position. And, and the, the other countries of the world that often looked up to us as a democracy can see clearly that we're failing ourselves. That also, by the way, weakens Putin's consideration for what America is going to do. Right. You know, we're, he's pretty well direct, directing the globe right now, and we're understandably afraid of entering in some kind of nuclear combat, which would be, you know, could be doomsday. But because we have been flawed and are not doing the things to heal our own nation, we don't bring credibility other than as spectators that can chastise and criticize other countries for the way that they're handling situation. And if we spectate the war between Russia and Ukraine and we don't learn something from it and apply it to our own country and our own daily interactions with one another inside of inside of the states, as well as our own interaction as global citizens, then we're failing. Uh, gosh, and you know, we're, we're looking at this organizational and team performance right now from a macro perspective that's right globally that's exactly right globally we're all connected i mean we've seen that more than ever through this covid covid uh situation and i think there's a lot i feel i'm with you there's a lot to take away here and and hopefully when we wade through all of this we move forward in a in a in such in a much better way i mean i mean that's that would be my my hopes for this whole scenario i think all right, we have to cut up for a quick break, everybody. But when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on organizational and team performance with performance coach Bill Toll right after this. Stick around. If you have any performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text Crusher at 101260 and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the Crusher. Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Crushell. Hey, reach out to us. Crushperformance.com is the website. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Crush and on all other social media platforms. You can search out Crush Performance and we can connect there. All right. Today, episode number four of our 2022 theme, organizational and team performance, as we talk with performance coach Phil Toll. Phil, we were just talking about all the issues going on in the world here and how they impact us, but maybe more importantly, how we need to frame them and how we let them impact us and how we contribute, even if we do feel helpless. I think there's a lot to that conversation. And once we frame it up and understand some of the strategies and approaches we can apply to ourselves on a daily basis, I think we can have a little bit of hope. We, we deserve to be a little hopeful here. Well, I am a very hopeful person, and I'm very hopeful, too, because I believe that love is the most powerful force on the planet. I believe that fear has taken over, and fear is the, the enemy of love. 
and we are we're investing much more in as a, a global organization or a global team. We're protecting ourselves now. We're in a in a place where we're more consider considering ourselves, our own needs. I want to protect myself in case somebody hurts me, and and so I'm not as willing to be open and um, proactive with love. And and I think you know again, this is kind of talking hyper philosophically, but the teams and organizations that we're talking about that run most efficiently and most effectively have built a, a culture where the that the predominance is love of one another and a sense of commitment to one another and the mission. And when we're committed at that level, Jeff, then we're, we're, uh, we strengthen everyone that's a part of that. And we enter into whatever interaction in a place that's much more constructive. Pay attention, if you will, to what is the parallel that's going on in your life that you do have some control over or influence over. Please, and, and ask yourself, what's my piece of it? Not what's the other guy. The other guy that I'm pissed off at is I, I have framed it so if he will change, maybe I'll come to the table. But that isn't the way it works. That doesn't solve anything. The purpose of conflict, human conflict, is to grow relationships to another level. And when we do that, we sparingly rarely do it, but when we do it, we look back on that conflict, we go, oh my God, that was the best thing that we ever did. You know, we, we had a fight with each other. We, we, we resolved it. I love you even more so now than I did before. But that doesn't come from me sitting around on my ass waiting for, for Jeff to, to come to the table with me and say, hey, Phil, I'm sorry. And, and then I know I, I, I'm wrong. It comes from, I need to go to the table and say, Jeff, man, I want to work this out with you. Here's my part. Here's what's been. Here's how it triggered for me. This is what I'm going through. I'm taking ownership of that. And here, you know, I want, I want, I want you. Please, I want your compassion and understanding. And I want to be able to be compassionate and understanding of your side. And let's find a way to come to the table and work it through, so we're stronger than ever before, and so that we not only resolve the problem, but we've grown the the, the relationship. Oh, no, fantastic stuff. We're talking with Phil Toll, performance coach. You can check out his great work at philtoll.com. Phil, I discovered you uh, in my passion for music. And that's how I'm so glad that music has taken me down this road and connected me with you. Uh, but uh, our daughter, I have three daughters at home and they're all very creative girls and they're fantastic. We actually bought them uh, a gift. We bought them the masterclass, you know, the online masterclass where, you know, producers, um, filmmakers, musicians, uh, chefs, they all come on and they share their stories and their life experiences. We thought that would be a great gift for the girls. Well, it turned out to be a great gift for me too, because uh, the girls came, the girls came to me one day and said, Hey dad, Metallica has a masterclass. And I'm going, Whoa, I know what I'm doing this yeah. Saturday. One snowy Saturday, I got on, logged on and I watched the Metallica masterclass from start to finish. Phil, I've always been fascinated by team chemistry, team cohesion, and team performance. And I've, I've, I've really, and I'm not going to lie to you, I've struggled at times to really understand why some teams are so successful perennially year after year after year. Even when they go down, they bounce right back. Other teams can never seem to kickstart. Now, you've had a chance to work with um, elite professional athletes, elite businessmen, uh, country music stars. You were also a key player in a very troubled time through the band Metallica. 
And I'm thinking, you know, for my generation, this is something everybody can can generate with. But that team, I think what we're talking about, what we just talked about, you know, somebody stepping to the table and taking that progressive, uh, proactive step is really, really important. When we look at team chemistry and team performance, that must be something that has to be fostered and nurtured and practiced. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, the again, we wait until a crisis jars us enough for us to pay attention to whether or not the relationships we have that, that are in pain right now are worth it. And they all are worth it. I don't believe that you can have a successful divorce unless you resolve the issues that have created that in the way that you and I have been talking about today, resolve the issues. And then we can go in love and go and go, you know, and say goodbye. We, we, we've had we've had a great run. We, we, we've done what we needed to do. We're, we're very um, grateful for the experience and we wish each other well. The, so if we look at the the way that the crises occur in this in the different venues that we're talking about most of them come up at a place when it's so intolerable that something bad has to something has to happen and most of us then will seek asylum we will we'll break away from that person or situation so you know like the, the metallica was imploding right and and there's so much of that kind of thing that goes on in our society what they've taught us is the, the and they're beautiful human beings is they have taught us all, if we want to pay attention, that their love of each other was more important ultimately than the, than disintegrating and ending and ending the situation. They did a beautiful job of having to of looking at each of them inside themselves and each other and finding a way to to reconcile. And they're stronger than ever because of that. So hats off to them and any any of us out there in our own lives that will do our best to find resolution. If we do not find resolution, we will recycle the same themes with different people. We'll recycle um, the same themes as we go forward in our lives. Well, it's interesting, you know, listening to some of the dialogue from the band, you know, around that time, and it was sort of the, some kind of monster time. If anybody has a, if you're a fan of Metallica, or even if you're not, I just think this is a great exercise just to go and maybe look at how they handled it. But uh, Lars Ulrich, who's the drum drum player, he actually said there, and I, I read this in, in one of the documents that, you know, we've been together for 20 years and we never had a conversation with each other about how we feel until you came in and opened that door for them. And, you know, listening to the band members and going through that time, you were integral in opening that conversation, which sort of maybe healed the band, healed the team, brought the team together, and now they seem stronger than ever. Well, thank you. And the, the team's stronger than ever because they they have they did the work, and they came out the other side of that stronger. And they're and they're continuing to do the work, and they're continuing to build the relationships. So their careers and their personal lives, they have they they chose to enhance all of what we're talking about. So their sustainability is theirs to be proud of. And it doesn't all, as you know, and I know, and we all know, it doesn't always work, right? So the the fact that, um, I mean, because people aren't necessarily ready for it. Um, so we, we, have to, we, we have to acknowledge that Metallica is a prototype of, of human transformation mm. and they deserve the credit. And I'm not being modest about that. They do deserve the credit. And, and so we, we look to them. Uh, I believe we look to them as, as um, 
role models for how other organizations can handle things. You can look in the sporting world. You can look at other places as well. Like you said, business, where cultures are being built by people inside now. You know, I'm privy to work with some people with some cultures in business, especially now. And the business world is looking at how enterprise can be culturally driven, that it is a place where people go, human beings go, not just to churn out um, projects or products or services, but it's actually a breeding ground for the, the, the role modeling that we're talking about. How can we, can we build a team? Can we build connection? Can we be a prototype of what the globe, our globe, our world needs? And it, there is no place that's happening right now that we can't change the world through our own personal everyday interactions in situations that are built for that. If we look at business as a money-making machine, we miss the point. If we look at business as a way to transact um, and a way to uh, create products and services, but the actual benefit, the highest benefit of all, may be what, how we do that as a team, how we partner up with each other on a daily basis to, do the, to produce the outcomes. Now we're, we're building an infrastructure that we can use in our personal and professional lives and can be, like I said, um, exemplary of, of what uh, our society can do it at the larger level. Yeah. Right now, I think it, well, that's another subject. I'll just stop for a moment. I'm getting, yeah. I'm, I, it's so exciting. It's so much fun to be with you, Jeff. Thank you so much. No, I tell you, this is a, this is a great conversation. I'm, I'm fired up here as well. You know, we talk about those, the outcomes and, and attacking, attacking those goals and objectives. Um, Let's talk about that for a minute. You know, in order to, in or, and again, one of our goals this year, Phil, is to get an idea of what it really takes to make an organization or a team. I look at Metallica. That's a musical team. I look at an F1 sort of, you know, team with the pit crew and the mechanics and the driver and all the, the yeah. data guys. They're a team, a baseball team or a business. They're organizations and teams. Uh, would it be fair to say that when you set out on a task, whether it's winning the World Series or maybe competing or putting on your best concert at Madison Square Gardens, it has to start with a goal and objective. And and let the, and then with that, what's the role of leadership and what kind of leadership do we need in order to make those goals and objectives happen? Because at some point, the, the people in the band, the individual performers in the band or the team or the business, they have to focus on what they do what they do has to come together in unison to make the <laughs> organization tick. Woo, it could drive you mad if you think about it, but it's part of the fun trying to unwrap this and figure out how it works. That's absolutely accurate. And from my perspective, there are a couple of things that are, that are important to consider here. One, I need Phil, Phil Toll needs right in this moment of time to make sure that I'm taking good care of my friend, Jeff. Okay. So I need, my objective, my primary objective is to take care of Jeff and Jeff's audience of people out there. That's my primary objective. So if I approach this moment, and part of me is, is, gets, is so excited about this that there's a part of me that's serving myself a little bit too much, but I, I am giving myself grace because I think that what's coming out of me is not pre-planned. It's just sort of a, it's a reaction to the moment. And I'm I listening to myself and I'm happy with what's coming out of me. But I also want to be thinking about, okay, what is best for you and what is best for the 
for the, the team out there, okay? So if I approach my moments that way, that is a crucial um, component to answer the question that you're talking about, how, how can we be, how can we be, uh, you know, how can we be a better team? If everyone on the team starts focusing on how can I serve the other person, egos are set aside and everybody is taking care of everybody else. And it's an interlocking experience. And that's what team sports is, are all about, ideally anyway, right? It's easier to see on the team sports field because that's what, you know, everything is interdependent. One of the things that I, that I was knocked out about when I was working with the Rams in the first Super Bowl, I'm so proud of the Rams that they came through in, in L.A., in the St. Louis Rams Super Bowl, was the season when Marshall Falk was the running back of the Rams. and He was traded. We picked him up from Indianapolis. And Marshall Falk was, was an amazing prototype. What he did is he not, did, didn't just study on film what the running back, his position, was supposed to do in the playbook. He studied and learned and mastered all 11 offensive players' moves. How amazing is that? I mean, that meant he knew when a play was unfolding, he knew where everybody was supposed to be. And that kind of a leader, where he's caring that much to know what the other person is doing, that kind of leader is the kind of leader we need today. So secondarily, in terms of vertical leadership, especially with a population now, that is very much more horizontal based. I mean, you, the power, you know, you, you go on, you, a person, a human being, it can reach the world through the Internet. OK, so so a, a leader in business, a leader anywhere now has to be other centric and they have to be um, they have they have to be uh, aware of and be and they have to give up the need to, to be um, a traditional boss. While there's somebody that at the top that often has to make the decisions, the decisions increasingly are done not unilaterally, but they're done by teams of people. And as long as there's a flow of creativity that's coming throughout the organization, no matter the size, that's more difficult when it's larger, then people have people, everybody in, uh, on the team feels part owner of the part owners of the outcome. So we're less less dependent upon authoritarianism. Living in a world now, getting back to what we were talking about at the beginning, where authoritarianism authoritarianism is failing miserably, but we're still trying to find that one person that's going to lead us all out of the wilderness or whatever we're going to go. Instead of saying, "Hey, I'm a part of my, I'm a part of the government. I'm not just talking about voting, but I have a, I have a contribution to make on a daily basis that will influence my society." So. We have to take up the mantle of horizontal leadership. I'm a co-founder of the next step of what America does. I'm a co-founder of the next step of what the, my family does and a co-author of that. And I, if, I, if I abandon that and look for somebody else to be the one who tells me what to do, I am not exercising my own power, my own reason for existing, and I'm falling into the fatal trap of depending upon the externals outside of me, getting, going back to what we talked about earlier, that are, that would shape me instead of me being the, the, the one who does the, the, you know, creates that for myself and other people. Influences. I have an obligation to, to everything that goes on and everybody that, that's in my life. Yeah. No, I like that. I, I really do like the concept of a sort of the, cla- it's a collaboration at the end of the day. Oh, I love that. 
Okay, one more quick break here, and we'll finish off our discussion with legendary performance coach Bill Toll right after this. Stick around, everybody. Get the Crush blog, podcasts, Twitter, and Facebook links at crushperformance.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Questions, comments, smart remarks. You know, we love them all. So get to us. Crushperformance.com is our website. Info at Crush Performance is our email. Okay, we're talking with performance coach Phil Toll of legendary Metallica fame. One of the people accredited with keeping that band together. Phil, we just got done talking about, you know, being genuine and being able to communicate. And I think that this is a really important conversation that we have to dig into a little bit more. You know, you mentioned, you know, we don't want to present a, a fake Jeff or a fake Phil here. We want people to get the genuine article. And sometimes that's not easy. But once again, we're seeing one of the most powerful tools here is simple, open communication. No question about it. And my hope is that that will be something that we can, that, that can start some dialogues. That, you know, we won't be hearing them, but they'll be going on inside of families and inside of audiences, uh, the audience and their participation with other people. I would really encourage you guys, those of you listening to, to Jeff, to send some, uh, you know, write to him. Let, let him know something that you heard that you did with what you heard, something that you that you changed about yourself, because you you took it upon yourself to be triggered by our conversation, and that you decided you wanted to share with Jeff, and therefore maybe publicly if Jeff wants to share that um, in, in a in a future broadcast or you know. But let's get the let's get something going here that doesn't just die on a on a one and done show. Yep. I love it. And, and that would be great. And let's do that, everybody. Let's and Phil, I can tell you, we've had people write into the show and it's it's humbling as all get up. This little radio show that we put together to talk about human performance and helping people achieve and get ideas and how they can you know tap into their potential, whatever, wherever they want to go. Not everybody is aspiring to, you know, play at Madison Square Gardens or to play on a professional field. Some people are. That's looking, right. Some people are looking to be their personal best or they're looking to maybe lose a few pounds or learn a new language, whatever it might be. I think we really there's so many great things that 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 can come out of it. And people have written into the show and they've sparked us, sparked thoughts and ideas in us that we haven't thought of before, because it's really easy to get sort of in your lane and get the get the blinders on. Uh, but this incredible team that we have with our audience and we have a real loyal audience globally now it's just flattering but but I want to share one story with you before we before we let you go here and this was a few years back we did a four-part series on obesity on the show and it's kind of people are going hey Jeff this is a performance show why are you talking about obesity and I'm going well look if we look at human performance and moving forward the well-being if we keep this trend going we're going to be in big trouble and at this point in time when we started this one of the one of the um uh, people we know in the U.S. military was expressing concerns that there's not enough healthy people out there to fill all the spots they need for soldiers. And I'm going, what are you talking about? How is this possible? He said, we're just not talking about the childhood obesity, the obesity, our food chain enough. So I put together a four part series on obesity. And in the third show, we were talking about childhood obesity and things parents can do to be aware and help talk to and educate their their children. Well, this one one person kept calling during the show and our producer, uh, Connor, kept coming over the earphones and saying, saying, hey, hey, Jeff, 
we got a caller that really wants to talk to you. And we don't normally take calls on the show because we only have an hour, right? It's a really pretty short time. I said, I'll talk to him after the show. And, and so Connor told him, told him, hey, Jeff will talk to you after the show. He called back like three or four times. So as soon as the show was over, we signed off to everybody and I picked up the phone. And this gentleman uh, came on and, and he, all he wanted to do was thank us. Thank, thank me and the guys for putting on this, this series on obesity. And it turns out he was an obese child and his son was heavy. And when he was growing up, he was de dealt with bullies and his son was dealing with bullies. And we had just sort of given him thoughts and ideas on obesity, getting obesity under control and the fact that it's 100% preventable. And Phil, this gentleman started crying on the phone, just thankful that, that he had some direction and places to go now. Oh, can you imagine? And I'm telling you, that's one of the reasons that we just, boy, we just keep making sure this show happens from week to week. Such a beautiful story. And there's, there's always somebody out there that can be touched. And, and if, we, if we don't have a microphone like Jeff Cruchel, and we, don't, we, we do have our own voice, and we, we can sit with somebody that we, can, we recognize is, is needing to, sp to spend a moment with us, or we can walk by somebody and stop and chat with them, or we can just acknowledge them and know that we've touched their lives in some way that may produce something meaningful. There's no way to com there's no way to compare. It's not about comparing whether you we, you get another Jeff Cruchel moment where where with this with this gentleman that he's talking about what a beautiful moment that was. It's just knowing that at any moment we have the capacity to deliver that. Mm. At any moment there may be that person that we would take for granted if we walk by and we wouldn't say anything about it and we wouldn't we would notice maybe that it worked that somebody is is um, isolating themselves, but we we just won't do it because we won't pay any attention to it. But we're going to do that today going forward. We're going to promise ourselves that there'll be a moment over the next week or so where we will do something that is out of our comfort zone, that is designed to connect with a human being at an intimate level, a person who needs us that is afraid of reaching out to us that we will reach out to because we're being, we're hypersensitive to that right now. Oh, Phil, thank you so much. What a fantastic conversation today. You know, this idea of organizational and team performance was sort of the theme of this. But boy, boy, we dug really deep. I feel like I'm a better person right now. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much. I'm indebted to you because this is a great opportunity for me to, to have a, a, a real catharsis with some of my thoughts and feelings. And I really appreciate you all out there listening. And again, invite you to... Uh, be a part of this experience that we're talking about. Extend the life of this of this this podcast or this broadcast. Please extend the life of it. And if you do, let us know about it. It would be great. And if not, we'll we'll know that something you, that was going on anyway. And we're sending you lots of love and good vibrations. Great, Phil. Thank you so much. Thank Many you, more brother. conversations to come, my friend. Thank you so much. Lots of love. See ya. All right, there you go, Phil Toll, episode number four in our year-long theme of organizational and team performance. And this was a doozy. It actually went a lot of places that I did not expect. We did talk a bit about his approach with Metallica and the band and how those guys operate. But I think more importantly, we got some insights into the strategies that Phil used to bring that band together, that high-performance team, four members of the band. And then, of course, all the people that make that band happen, the families, the wives of the guys who are critically important to their mental health and their stability. And they talk about it in their masterclass, which is fascinating. 
But think about all the technicians and all the business people that a band of four people need, especially at the magnitude of Metallica, to bring it all together and make it all happen. Well, listen, these guys are incredibly responsible for everything that goes on inside of their organization. They have people in managerial positions for sure that help them make things happen. But Phil Toll saved the band. They wouldn't exist today if it wasn't for Phil and his approach. And we got some incredible insights into how Phil goes about helping his clients and his clientele perform at the very best, whether it's an organization, whether it's a team within an organization, or whether it's an individual performer. Just incredible stuff. And I love some of the twists and turns that this conversation took. Phil tasked me with some interesting questions and challenges, and I hope that resonates with you guys as well. Okay, listen, wow, what a great three-part series to our overall theme here this year. There's many more to come. We've got a lot to uncover and unpack when it comes to organizational and team performance. We've got to talk culture. We've got to talk individual performance. We've got to talk about team building. We have to get into leadership as well. So look forward to three or four more series just like this, focusing on organizational and team performance as we try to unpack it all. All right, I have to thank Phil Toll for joining us today. What a fantastic conversation. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Hey, share the show. This is a conversation that needs to be heard by people that uh, might not get to it right out of the gate. So when it comes from you guys, somebody they trust, and you guys say, hey, you need to listen to this, uh, maybe we can help a few more people out. All right, let's spread the word. Until next week, everyone, get out there, have some fun, stay safe, and get a little bit better. Talk to you next time right here on Crush Performance. This is a Rock Stops Here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. This is really, really, really one of my favorites. I had not met her personally until this podcast that you're going to hear right now. As a matter of fact, I stopped her from walking. She was walking at a brisk pace. Where do you hear how this one went down and how cool she is? I'm talking about my guest on The Rock Stops here, Jane Slater from NFL Network. I'm not a big person that, that sits around and says, we have to have X amount of women at the table. X, you know, I, I'm not big on necessarily checking the box. I'm big on the right people for the right job. But you have to get an opportunity, right? There weren't a lot of opportunities early on. So there weren't enough women to make me think well, that was a career lane for me. Um, and even in college, when I started sending out resume tapes, you know, I wasn't good enough to just jump to ESPN and we didn't have all these blog sites or digital platforms to just go from college to the NFL. So my first job market was in Tyler, Texas, and they just weren't open to the idea of a, a girl carrying around a 50 pound camera, cutting highlights and having her own show. And so I spent eight years doing hard news, producing, field producing, you name it. But I think it's made me so good at this job now because I know how to build sources, contacts. I can go to a press conference and say, that's the lead. Uh, Here's the video that I need. And because I've worked behind the scenes, I can help my producers do their job. And so I think, you know, I always tell people that I mentor, you may not get the job you want to begin with, but take whatever job you can get. Don't stay too long but get as much equity in in this profession as you can because it will pay off down the road. The Rock Stops here with longtime radio and TV personality Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and RadioInfluence.com.